Well, now that the NHL offseason dust has settled, it's time to take a closer look at the Central Division. Which teams got better? Which teams got worse? And where are the Preds going to land in the standings? We'll talk about it today on the Locked On Predators podcast. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making the Lockdown Predators podcast your first listen of the day. Every single day, we are your free daily Nashville Predators podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, want to start out with a special hello to our loyal Lockdown Pred heads out there, the everydayers who tune into every single episode. We love you and we appreciate the support that you guys give us. I'm Nick Morgan. I am a writer at Penalty Box Radio and I have a partner at Crime. You do. I'm Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer at InsideThePreds.com. Part, partner in crime. Partner in partner, partner right. at crime. I just stand yeah. there while you crime. <laughs> yeah. Now, partner in crime is like we're like doing it together. Like partner at crime is like. I'm in the vicinity. You're Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I drive the getaway car. I just carried a watermelon. That's what I'm going to say. I just carried a watermelon. That's how I ended up here. (laughs) Very very much a Gallagher-themed bank robbery. There you go. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah, and delicious. Um, We've talked a lot about the Nashville Predators this offseason. The changes they've made, how we think they've landed, if they've gotten better or worse, all that jazz. Mm Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about the rest of the Central Division, the teams that the Nashville Predators are going to be competing with. Which one of them got better? Which one of them got worse? How will the standings shake out? Where are the Preds going to fall in between some of these teams? So, Anne, we we got our notes ready. We, we got are our notes ready ready. to go through all seven West or Central Division um, comrades for yeah. the Nashville Predators. Our Let's partners at crime in the center. Partners in crime. I guess that this one would be partners at crime. Partners um, let's start with the uh, the problem child of the Central Division, the Arizona Coyotes. <laughs> okay, uh, I was going to say the problem child are the Dallas Stars, but let's start with the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, and yeah. looking at the what the Coyotes did, mm-hmm. do you think they got better or worse? I'm going to go with, and this is where it's tricky. I'm going to go with they're about the same, maybe a little better. Mm-hmm. It's hard to, and, and I say this respectfully to the Arizona Coyotes, but it's hard to really get jazzed up for what the Arizona Coyotes did in the offseason just because I feel like they are in such a, a challenging position even to begin now, a couple names they brought in that may be familiar to our listeners. John Leonard, Zach Sanford signed with Arizona, Alexander Kerfoot. Um, so they have added some pieces. I mean, Alexander Kerfoot, probably more exciting maybe than Zach Sanford. Um, and they have weapons. This is what's confusing to me about Arizona is you look at Clayton Keller. This is a guy I would have loved for the Predators to, you know, sell a kidney for. This guy yeah. is really something. 37 goals. Um, 
at some point they're going to add Logan Cooley. I don't know that it'll be this season, but that's going to be exciting. But they're just not there yet. You know, they finished bottom of the league in defense. We love Connor Ingram. Like, we stand Connor Ingram, as the young hip people say. But, you know, th there's some improvements that they need defensively in a net. So, for me, I'm going to say basically the same, maybe a little better, but not incrementally enough to make me go, wow. Oh, I disagree with that. Really? Uh, I mean, I, I don't – like, they're not going to be uh... – Stanley Cup contender or anything like that, but they mm -hmm. added Jason Zucker. That's true. I thought was one of the players the Preds should have gone after. It kind of would have been a, you know, like a really good sort of depth score kind of guy, mm -hmm. like veteran presence. He's going to help, I, I think, you know, with somebody like Clayton Keller, uh, uh, find some offense there. Um, they just traded for Sean Dersey as well, who was a very capable top four um, defensemen in Arizona. Now they have a lot of losses. Like Jacob yeah. Grin was one of their two building blocks and he's, yeah. you know, gone now. Uh, Clayton Keller is kind of staying there all by his lonesome. Like they have Logan Cooley. Um, they're going to need some, you know, some of the people that they've drafted highly in the, in the last four or five years to kind of come and step up and, um, you know, so, so far it, it's sort of been uh, slow goings Yeah, there. And, and I think that's maybe, you know, so one of like the big things that's kind of held them back is like, is Barrett Hayton going to wind up being like the superstar we thought he was going to wind up being? Um, you know, they got, you know, Matias Maselli, who was, you know, one of the best rookies in the NHL last year. They're going to need to take another step forward from him. Um, you know, if you're just looking at just kind of the trades and stuff they made and the free agent signings they made, they're, they're certainly better. Uh, but in terms of anything to like move them up or down in the standings, nah, probably not. Yeah. Not sure they're there. I agree. Like maybe they've gotten some better. I just don't know that we're going to see the fruit of that this season. Yeah, uh, definitely not. Um, let's talk about the Chicago Blackhawks and, uh, mm -hmm. this has been a very interesting season for the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, Corey Perry, they of course made that trade to get, uh, both Taylor Hall and Nick Foligno on the roster. Um, I can't remember who they drafted, but, uh, apparently they're, they're well, I heard it was good. There, there's some people very high on, uh, whoever it wound yeah. up being, um, Better or worse, and for the Blackhawks? I think, and I hate to say it, you know I do. This is a better Blackhawks team. Yeah. This is a better Blackhawks team. And I shudder to think, my friends, because the last thing we want is a Blackhawks team that gets better if Nashville doesn't get better as well, because nobody wants to, nobody wants to do that. But Connor Bedard, you know, yes, it's going to be his first season playing in the NHL, his first season playing with the big boys. I think Connor Bedard, you know, there may be some growing pains, but this is somebody who's going to move the needle for Chicago. I think, um, you know, that I can't stand the mere thought of Corey Perry being in the central division, let alone alive, but, and I don't mean that I'm sure he's delightful, but I'm on ice. Um, so, you know, you add Corey Perry, which adds an element, you know, um, I do think 
that this Chicago Blackhawks team is better. And I hate to say this. Now, they've lost some people. They lost Max Domi, who was their top points guy. Yeah. Uh, and and I, hate, I hate to say this, but Chicago is a team that I think might be a little bit fun to watch. Yeah. Well, also, also Patrick Kane, Jonathan yeah. Taze, yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny because it's like, are you comparing them to like what they were sort of in the middle of last year or like where they were at the end of the season? Yeah. Because if you're comparing them to the end of the season, yeah, like I, I think mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I would say bet. I, yeah. I, I, okay. I'll, I would say better. Yeah. Like my, my answer is better. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's certainly uh, – I think in terms of you look at every NHL team and I think Kyle Davidson, AKA Kyle from Chicago uh, is probably among the, the GMs that I think had the five best off seasons in the entire NHL. Yeah. And I yeah. think the Blackhawks, you know, are going to take, you know, a, a different step forward um, in, in terms of what they had to work with and some of the moves that they made. Yeah. Like, I think they had a very good off season. I think maybe just, you know, until Bedard really cements himself, which might be a year. Like, I, mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to walk right in the league and score like a hundred points next season. Um, but you know, I think he's going to be lights out in another year. I think for next year, I think they're going to be marginally better. Than mm-hmm. the year before, but I think if you're grading the off season, you got to give the Blackhawks a giant A. Oh yeah, I feel like they absolutely killed it this off season. Yeah, Darn them one hundred percent. All right. Well, up next are two teams uh, who are probably going to be on top of the Central Division: the Colorado Avalanche and Dallas Stars. Which one of them got better, and which one of them might have taken a step back? We'll talk about that, plus a couple of teams the Preds are going to be right in standings fights with. We'll talk about those in a second as well. But first, want to mention today's episode brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, you can take your first swing at betting on Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. All you have to do is bet 20 bucks, and you'll land $200 in bonus bets. Here's the kicker. Win or lose. That's 200 that you can spend betting on everything from the money line to the over-under on how many runs are going to be scored in the game to who you think is going to hit the first home run or how many strikeouts a certain pitcher is going to have. And you can do it all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, the best part, when you win, you can get your payout instantly. There's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get up to $200 in bonus bets. Again, FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, and let's move on to a couple Central Division teams who, A, are probably going to be at the top of the standings. B, have some shiny new former Nashville Predators on their roster yeah uh, the colorado avalanche oh let's start with them uh better or worse and colorado avalanche they got better and you know what am i biased yes yes i am friends because who did they get they got ryan johansson and here is what i want to say about ryan johansson and this same thought is going to come up in just a minute with another team Ryan Johansson is filling a a hole that Colorado had. 
as far as, you know, kind of second line slotting in there and, and being a playmaker, creating some second line scoring, Ryan Johansson is going to freaking light it up, friends. Like you heard it here first, because Ryan Johansson is not the main guy. He doesn't have to be the go-to guy. He gets to be the guy who impresses everybody by not being the go-to guy and still getting it done. So I think Johansson is going to be better. They got Miles Wood. I think this team is better. And here's what's so scary to me about Colorado is I'm not sure how much better they needed to get. Although injuries, injuries are a thing for Colorado. So that is something to keep an eye on. Uh, yeah, I think Colorado got a little better. And quite frankly, did they need to? Not really. I mean, it's it's tough to figure out the Colorado Avalanche right mm -hmm. now. And because like... They, they lost JT Comfer, who was a very, you know, capable scorer for them last year. They already had been struggling to kind of replace the void left by Burakovsky and um, yes. Nazem Kadri. Yes. Um, you know, our <laughs> hate to ask this question, but like, are we 100% convinced the Ryan Johansson that we've seen the past couple seasons is an upgrade from JT Comfort at this point. Uh, like in the middle of the lineup, like he's he's probably going to be playing the top six role. Yeah. Like again, like is is that like then that's that's the thing that Barry Trotz was like. I, I'm not sure he can do that anymore. Like, are are we certain? Like that's an upgrade. Yeah. Here's what I'm going to say, and I said this before the Preds traded him, do not count out Ryan Johansson at this point in his career, because this, he, I, you know, I know he had, he's had injuries. There's been lots of little blah, blah, blahs about Ryan Johansson. And, you know, he only shows up in the postseason and all this kind of stuff. Ryan Johansson was as hungry as I've ever heard him at the end of last season. And I'm telling you, Ryan, jo I would not bet against that man. Not this season. And I really wish that I could say that with him still in a Predators uniform. Maybe uh, I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. I think Ryan Johansson is going to, he's going to make us pay y'all. Okay. Yeah, I, I do. Not, not convinced, but yeah. Um, you know, there's other things like they signed Miles Wood of all people to like a massive contract. And it's like, that's, yeah. that's the, that's the guy you want to go all in on. <laughs> Um, you know, they, they lost Eric Johnson. They bring back Jack Johnson who, you know, is fine for them, but yeah. you know, there, there's not, I, I mean, I, I get it. The Colorado avalanche are, you know, kind of in cap hell right now yeah. and they need to sort of be, you know, picky about who they bring back or anything like that. Um, you know, I will say the one thing I do like is the Jonathan Druan. Yes, I know. Because I think he was, you know, the numbers haven't been good, but you watch him play and he's still a good playmaker. And I think would have been the the third. He had two goals and like he had like 29 points last year and he still would have been like the Nashville Predators, like third most assists uh, on the yep. team last year, if that tells you anything uh, about the season. Um, you know, everybody's like saying like, oh, they're bringing in Ross Colton. That's a sneaky move. I'm not really sold on that yet. Like, don't get me wrong. The Colorado Avalanche are still one of the best teams in the entire NHL. And they didn't need to do a lot. They didn't. Um, I just, I'm just not, I don't look at the, like anything they did this offseason. It's like, yes, this is definitively a better team 
uh, than the one we saw at the last season. You know, I, I would maybe argue a lateral move. So you would say same? Maybe the same team. If not, maybe a little bit worse. Huh, interesting. It's going to be fun yeah, to watch I, I, how that plays I, out. Yeah, I, I don't see anything they do like moving the needle. A lot. Okay. Uh, let's talk about it. the Dallas Stars and oh, uh, better or worse. Wolf. <laughs> this one hurts my heart. You know what? Here's what's real. The Dallas Stars got better. And call me a homer, whatever. They got better because they got Matt Duchesne, y'all. And and to my point with Ryan Johansson, I am even more emphatic about this when it comes to Matt Duchesne. Matt Duchesne does not need to be the guy in Dallas. They already have Jason Robertson. He does not have to be the guy. He gets to be the other guy. And I think Matt Duchesne, number one, is going to flourish not having to kind of be the guy because, you know, he set the record with the Preds in 21-22. He and Forsberg kind of back and forth. And then last season, wah, wah, wah. Um, but I'm telling you, I think he's going to flourish there. I think if you see Matt Duchesne with somebody like Wyatt Johnston, it's going to be excruciating for anybody who's not a Stars fan to watch. So I think they got better. Here's the thing that I think is going to make or break Dallas this season, and that's Jake Ottinger. Mm-hmm. They're going to need um, him to be better than I think he was at times last season. If Jake Ottinger can kind of get back to that, um, to the the season he had before this one. You know, if, if he can kind of get back into his groove consistently, Dallas is going to be, I think, maybe even better than Colorado. I really do. Yeah. And I hate everything about that fact, friends. Yeah, I, I like... I like the Matt Duchesne signing for Dallas. I think that is a perfect fit. And I think, you know, as we talked about when the the buyout happened, it's like, this isn't like, you know, a guy twiddling his thumbs on the end of the year. Like he still has a lot of good offensive upside and him on that team where he doesn't necessarily have to be the guy, but more of a support role. Like that's going to be a perfect fit for him. Uh, And I think he's, yeah, he's got the potential to be like a 60, 70 point guy playing there, you know, on that second, maybe even like third line. And that, you know, Dallas has enough depth uh, that they can put him in a lot of different places in that top nine and still have him be an impact score, you know, and, and help on the power play and all that. Uh, you know, they, they lost Max Domi, which you know we, we thought they were going to happen. They bring Craig Smith in instead, another former Predator. Let's go. Um, you know, and not a lot of losses. So, yeah, I, I would say, uh, you know, Duchesne alone, that move, I think, makes the Stars even better. Yes. Season. Would, would I love to see them maybe swing for, like, one more defenseman? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, but, but yeah, the, I, think I like what Dallas has done. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to the Minnesota wild. Okay. A uh, team with some, you know, interesting off seasons, the past couple of off seasons. Yeah. Yeah. What, where, where are you? Are they better? Are they worse? Or are they saying the wild? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Like I'm, I'm trying to, I'm like going through like the off season moves, like trying to figure out exactly like what exactly did you do? Right. Other than, other than get Pat Maroon. Yes. Yeah. Um, like, 
yeah, I mean, the biggest thing is that like no Matthew Dumba coming back. Um, you know, you you got uh, Brand, like Brandon Duhame. There's your there's your big there's move. Yeah, yeah. Kind of in a tough spot because, um, like you know, they they have they're still dealing with the uh, the the Suter and Parise buyouts and. Um, you know, Kaprizov's contract is big and there's, you know, not a lot of cap flexibility right now. And they're trying to kind of uh, force things, you know, looking at mm -hmm. guys like, you know, Matt Boldy and, and being like, yeah, you're you're taking over now because guy. no plan B, um, you know, but they do also, you know, in their defense, have maybe the best prospect pool in the NHL uh, coming, you know, right behind um everybody right now so i mean they don't have to do much but like at the same time like i, I don't know what the minnesota wild did this off season yeah this was did kind of this off season you really had to look like you really had to look to see what minnesota was doing but i agree with you this is a team that maybe didn't have to and fortunately for them, because of cap space, they didn't have to do a ton. I feel like they're in a good spot. I feel like this is clearly a playoff team. Um, their series against Dallas, I thought, was excellent. And so I think, you know, the Wild are going to be one of the top teams in the Central Division. I think Colorado, Dallas, but then I think Minnesota's going to be right there. So if you can get a little bit more from what you already have, you know, I think Minnesota, I think they're, you know, I think they're the same team. Um, but I think, you know what, if I'm Minnesota and I'm the same team, that ain't, that ain't too shabby. Yeah. I mean, I, again, they didn't lose anybody. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, Gustav Nyquist, who was like their offseason signing, John Klingberg was, you know, like the, another deadline guy. But yeah. neither of those were like, oh, we're front and center of this team. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I would say about the same. Yeah. Um, it's going to be interesting to see the, the wild and, and where they wind up next year because they can go in a, a couple different directions, I think. Yeah. Um, let's go in to the St. Louis Blues. God love them. Uh, we don't, but that's <laughs> um, better or worse. You know what? I really feel like they're kind of the same. This was another team where I'm like, you know, they were sellers at the trade deadline. And so when I look at kind of the the roster that they ended the season with and what they've done in the offseason, you know, I feel like, you know, they're kind of the same. They did bring back Oscar Sundquist on a one-year deal. But look, this is a depth piece. It's an emotional signing. I love it. You know, great for them. Um, you know, they have Jordan Bennington in net. Don't particularly like his attitude, but, you know, kid can save some pucks. Um, Jordan Cairo. They've got some okay thing. You know, they've got some good things going. I just don't know that they did anything to really improve. So St. Louis is just okay for me. Yeah. And, you know, you're still trying to figure out a way to place Vlad Tarasenko and Ryan O'Reilly. Right. Uh, you know, who both left at the end of last year. Uh, they're, you know, they have some people on their roster, like, you know, at the end of last year, like when they got Jakob Verana from the Detroit Red Wings and he, you know, paid dividends right away. Um, that's going to kind of be, you know, an interesting thing to watch. Um, I don't, you know, their big move was getting Kevin Hayes, obviously. Really? And, 
you know, at this stage, like Kevin Hayes is a good player. Is he the kind of guy that's going to turn the Blues fortunes around? I, I wouldn't really say that. Um, you know, he is going to solidify that lineup a little bit. So there's that. Yeah, I, I don't I don't have much to say about the Blues. I don't think they've improved enough to be like a good team. Right. In the Central, unless like Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo just have like, you know, one point seasons and, you know, sort of break into superstardom. Um, yeah. I mean, it's the Blues stay the same. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with you. I think, I think they kind of stay where they're at. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Here's one that I think is super difficult to predict because let's see how things land. Talk to me about the Winnipeg Jets, friend. God. Um, <laughs> here, this, this depends on what your opinion is of the, uh, the, the Pierre-Luc Dubois deal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you get a couple of good players in Alex Ayafalo, Rasmus Kapari, uh, Gabe Velarde, who, you know, was a very high pick and has kind of had some injury problems early in his career, but mm-hmm. you know, has shown flashes of being like a really good NHL player. They have depth. You know, I, I will say that. I think they have more depth now. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking at like, who's, who's going to be that top guy? Like who's going to be like the guy. number one, um, you know, that number one, you know, kind of playmaker guy. Yeah. Is it still Mark Shifley? Yeah. Like, is it still Mark Shifley? And if it is, like, that's fine. Like, he scored 42 goals last year. That's nothing to sneeze at. Um, yeah. I mean, like, who's your future sort of number one guy? That's an interesting one. I, I just, it doesn't sound like the, the, the Jets are done making moves mm-hmm. that like, would not surprise me this is one that maybe we need to table for another day because like if connor hellebeck gets traded uh yeah that's gonna make them a million times worse yes um i i will say like i you know i think the loss of dubois hurts but i think the players they got back for him mm-hmm. are very capable players and maybe you lose sort of that top end talent but you get some very capable talent to sort of build depth around yeah and I agree with you when it comes to Connor Hellebuck how that situation plays out that is where the next season will go for the Winnipeg Jets because that's like if the Nashville Predators lost UC Saros they you know he went somewhere else that changes the entire trajectory of the next couple of seasons same with the Winnipeg Jets so you know where and how goes the Hellebuck situation, that's definitely going to change what happens in Winnipeg. So I agree with you. This one, still waiting. Yeah, this kind of, that situation I think will completely change like what we think about the Winnipeg Jets. For sure. Um, Real quick. Okay, so we've gone through every team and Mm -hmm. um, should we do this as, you know, the predictions are crazy uh, because who knows what can happen and all that. So let's do power rankings. Okay. Like we have to rank these teams like just based on like talent and like potential to be good next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, like quickly, where do you rank everybody? Honestly, Dallas and Colorado are neck and neck for me. I really think Dallas 
I am afraid of Dallas. So Dallas and Colorado are my clear cut battle it out one and two. Minnesota is going to be next for me. Um, so much about what happens next, you know, again, with Winnipeg, what's going to happen with Hellebuck, you know, what are they going to finish doing? So kind of in that mushy middle for me is going to be Winnipeg. Chicago might surprise us. Maybe in that they may sneak into the mushy middle. Hopefully Nashville lands somewhere in the middle of the central division in St. Louis, kind of in the middle. I think Arizona are still working their way out of the bottom. So for me, I see Colorado, Dallas. I kind of see there's a little bit of gray area in the middle. And then I see kind of Arizona bringing up the rear. Yeah, I'm with you. I have Dallas number one, and I like mm-hmm. Colorado as like one A. Yes, so maybe just behind Dallas right now. Uh, I think Minnesota is probably your your three. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know this is like the the kind of tier like depends on what happens certain players, but I have Winnipeg four. Mm-hmm. Um, I have Nashville five, just based on UC Soros. I have St. Louis six. Uh, actually, no, I have Chicago six. I like this. And then I have okay. St. Louis seven and I have uh, Arizona last. Yeah. I think Chicago is going to be the most interesting team as far as what can they do from one year to the next. But I'm telling you, y'all keep your eye on Dallas because yeah. Matthew Shane is going to pop off. He's got something to prove and it's going to be really hard to watch. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and where can people find your work? You can find my work online at insidethepreds.com. You can find me on Twitter at Ann K underscore Mama on Ice. You can find me at penaltyboxradio.com or on Twitter at underscore NS Morgan. That's going to do it for us on today's Lockdown Predators podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen of the day. We'll be back tomorrow with an all new episode.